and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 274. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host, Ryan Soninski. Hey, that's nope. me. I, I made sure that I put my music on mute. So I don't accidentally have like beep 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 yes See, yes. Yep, I live yep. my life on mute, and that's the biggest yeah. problem I have with reels is they bypass that. That's horrifying. No, nope, mm-hmm. that's not okay. No, I, that's a hardware switch as far as I'm concerned, which means no audio allowed. Uh, all right, Patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage. Head over to this super custom handcrafted Patreon page, and you'll find three open-ended levels of support for content consumers, that's you, to support content producers, that's us, patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. Yes. I didn't screw it up today, Ryan. You did not. I wasn't listening, though. I'm that's sorry. fine. Uh, <laughs> beer, I'm going to have myself a Coors Light, because that's all I have here, really. I have my large Pepsi from Taco Bell. I see that. Looks delicious. It is, in fact, delish. Nephew opened a like I think a two or three year old Pepsi two liter that was in the other unit the other day. What was that? What? How was that? Uh, it was fine. Uh, since he opened it, I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to dump it anyway because all the carbonation is gonna go away. So I had a glass for the first time, and it was fine. It was just normal. Ages. Oh, it was totally fine. Somebody That's had incredible. sharpied over Pepsi and it said Bepis though, which Bepis. made it better. Bepis. It was the Bepis. It was the Bepis. Uh, all right. On Let's from do that, World Cup of yeah, we are we're back. Ryan I, very graciously donated some of his time to go my, back through, yes, and I made sure that <laughs> there was it was oh, the weirdest technical problem. I deeply apologize, but I made this like easier to read and everything. So even oh, good now you have the little Google Doc visible mm-hmm. if you are watching on YouTube, yep, or on Twitch, or e- where either, else, either or. wherever we're we're also alive. I am live streaming to three platforms. Chatterbait <laughs> is one of them. Yes, absolutely. No, just kidding. Um, uh, yeah, okay. So so here we have uh, Group A is the DAF Daffodil there she is. Netherlands versus Group B, which is the Welsh Gilburn Genie. Oh, man. I really I don't want to have to pick between these two cars. Here we are. I know. Here we are. Um, um, I really appreciate the fact that this is a CVT uh, just... So literally the most basic term of a CVT, because most CVTs, you have a reverse gear. Right. This one that just flips the sides that the CVTs are on, or the belts are on. So, so to refresh my memory, this is the car that was, it won most noteworthy because it can go full speed go, reverse. It can go just okay. as fast in reverse as it can forward, which I think is the most incredible thing in the world, is the world's fastest forklift. Also, also it's, it's called a daffodil. And, and it's it, super cute. And yeah, it's like a 10 out of 10 design. Versus the Gilburn Genie, which is a traditionally beautiful vehicle, which is a greatest hits of England. Um, yeah, but it's made in Wales. Yes, that's true. I like it is that. a greatest hits of <clears throat> Wales. However, you know it would be good to drive though, because like all the good driving roads in the UK are in Wales. Like every. I know. Yeah, that's why this exists as it does, mm, man. Because they have very good roads. This one would be objectively terrible to drive. We're on gonna road, have to so. nitpick. We're gonna have to find some nits to pick. So is the DAF? I can't remember with the rear wheel drive or front wheel drive. I guess it doesn't matter it doesn't because matter. it can go fast. It, it is rear wheel drive at least in one gear. Okay, perfect. I accept that. Yeah. Alternative. Um, Let me. Uh, you know what? I think I'm gonna. Well, was the daffodil sold with a four door variant? Uh, I'm going to look that up right now. Because that would, that would be enough to probably put me over the edge. So they're the very manic, um... I really like both of these cars, and I'm like, I'm tempted I, to go with the Gilburn just because it's the only Welsh car, but I like... I don't think the Daffodil had the body rigidity to have... Okay. They did have a wagon. Oh, yeah. See, they did not have a Gilburn Genie wagon. Yes. So I think the Daff has there to... There we go, the Daff, the Daff won. Yes! <clears throat> Congratulations, God. DAF Daffodil. Congratulations, IRA. You have once again thwarted oh England from... Yeah, because that's where I go immediately. <laughs> the that running. was something that was in my mind. <clears throat> I'm like, you know what? If it came down to it, oh my there was... The IRA did not exist. <laughs> or did not have a problem with the Netherlands. However, the Netherlands were cursed in their own way. I am not looking forward to the next like round after today. Because I'm seeing a lot of cars that... At least I really like a lot mm-hmm. that are going to go up against other cars that I really like a lot. Yeah, no, it's it, it's a it's a whole oh, cursed problem. Oh man! Well, welcome to the hell that we live in. All right. So Daffodil won Group A. On also, two- the Daffodil has a two-cylinder engine. I, I did pull up the photo briefly of its yes, engine. It does have a two-cylinder. Air-cooled two-cylinder. Air-cooled is good. 
So, moving on to Group C versus Group D, we have the Fiat Polski 126P and the Renault Aventime, which is curious because this is like your favorite car versus my favorite car. Yeah, we're going to probably have to fight about this one. Um, I will say that the 126P is culturally more important and does have a better racing pedigree. (laughs) Well, yeah, it only has... Did not almost... (laughs) Um, bankrupt multiple companies. But that's kind of and part does of the not allure. Have a VQ engine. But these were also sold with several Fiat only diesel engines. Oh. So, Wait, I mean, Fiat? Yeah. They were Renault, sold with DCIs. It, uh, Renault had a Fiat engine. Uh, I think the 2.2 DCI was a Fiat engine. Oh, no, boy. It, the 1.9, I know, was the French. I'm probably wrong. I'm wrong I think a lot. A, I but, think a diesel in that would be oh, extra worst. <laughs> well, and the beauty is the diesels are cheaper. This is the thing. I like, I will go to the grave defending um, W123s for mm. allowing me to have a pillarless coupe diesel. And this is a pillarless coupe diesel. Yes. I will let you win this. Well, good, because I was going to keep pushing. Because it's a coupe also, it's with avail- a diesel. It's available in like pretty much nothing but colors, and I love the fact that it did almost bankrupt two companies, as yes, you mentioned. Did. So yeah, I no, will not deny. Quite brilliant. The 126P is cuter, and it is much more historically significant. But it is less technologically significant, so there, there we, Alt-shift there we go. Yeah, I can't remember the yes strike command. So I'm glad I, had, I had figured it out earlier today. <laughs> Alt shift five. Okay, cool. All right, Group now. E versus Group F. Oh no, we have the Spanish Pegaso Z102, which is an incredible feat. Oh wow! On road engineering. All right, well. versus the Fargo Power Wagon. Which is an incredible feat of off-road engineering. And marketing tomfoolery. Yes, and marketing tomfoolery. Oh my god, I uh, don't... Oh man. So we got a troll car versus like a technological tour de force car. And also, mind you, the power wagon was like untouchable off-road. Like, until the Bronco came out. It is also an automatic though. No, they made manual power wagons. No, good. This that, one just happens that to be That particular auto. one, because it's coming swapped. I was going to say, I can yeah. tell by the intercooler that is not stock. Yeah, no, it's not. It's just I needed a photo of a hmm. Fargo power wagon. They're incredibly rare. I really like the green. And I just, uh, okay, I kind of, you know, I, I really like the technology, because we've talked about the Pegaso several times, and mm-hmm. how it's just insanely ahead of its time. But there's, there's nothing outside of, I, the fact that it came first doesn't matter to me. Like, there's so many other cars that do the exactly what well, that Well, the thing did. is, it didn't do anything first. It just put it all together. It was the company that put everything together. Yeah. So what it is, is that that was to the 1950s what the McLaren F1 was to the 90s. Yeah. Yep. All the, the McLaren F1 didn't invent anything. Correct. Every single thing on the F1 was in existence. And with the Power Wagon... The Power Wagon was designed to be as absolutely simple as possible. It was a L-head diesel. Yikes. Zero to 60 and literally never. It Probably go, never. No, yeah. like it could go 47 <laughs> miles an hour. Um, <clears throat> yeah. That's the thing is it can go 47 miles an hour up a rock wall. I was going to say, L-heads aren't really known for their compression ratios. So I'm actually going to go with the Pegaso on this one. Oh, I see. I it, was going to vote Power Wagon. And the reason I want to say this is I'm honestly thinking about this. Because as much as I really want to love the Power Wagon... Mm-hmm. Um, I just love its story. I don't actually love the vehicle yeah, no, at all. I, I, I'm just thinking, like, if the Pegaso were to win, I want more people to know what Pegasos are. True, yeah, because, like, especially in the majority of our listening demographic, we grew up with the Dodge Power Wagon, which yeah. this was the knockdown of. So that's less interesting than something, you know, made in... I think, yeah, and also... Uh, the thing Canada? is, the Pegaso is the Pegaso. Spain, there we go. The Pegaso is entirely its own thing. I'm sure. By make the engine and stuff was a Pegaso. I'm pretty sure it's a Pegaso engine. I would imagine that the transaxle is probably sourced from somebody, but yeah. But I, as opposed to the power wagon was literally a knockdown kit. Right. Um, <laughs> well, we, we can keep building this. So you said so. Yes. Ah, ah crap. Yeah, no, we, you, <laughs> we you need to it. stop. Nope, we told you. You told me. So, yes, this actually is. Okay, Yeah. All right, now that I'm looking at this, I'm sorry. The power wagon's great, but a Desmodromic 32-valve V8 
that made 360 horsepower out of 3.2 liters in 1956. Yeah, and it has sorry. a five-speed transaxle and inboard disc. Also, people don't even know what desmodromic means, which is a reciprocating engine poppet valve that is positively closed by a cam and leverage system rather than a conventional spring. Oh, that's it's common on motorcycles, but not in cars at all. Yeah, no, this one's yeah. the desmodromic valves <clears throat> are worth it. Sorry, how the hell this came out of a country that doesn't even go to work? I don't understand. Well, see, at the time they had a dictator named Franco. Oh, ah, right. So they had to. Yes, got it. They had no other choice. Which is also oh shit, I did that to the wrong car. Uh oh. Um, but Luckily, that's also the other thing is like this is like the only car made by a dictator that was actually good. <laughs> that's true oh so he was a car guy then for sure oh yeah no totally yeah franco is a very strange man a little man but a strange man <laughs> uh i is guess actually very small no that's not true because persane came out of argentina okay that's fair from people from a dictator well i'm not saying he was the only car but guy al- dictator but also that'd be a fascinating topic car guy dictators mm-hmm. oh saddam hussein would win the fuck out of that one. really oh and the sultan of brunei actually so not. this needs to be no, a topic right the sultan of brunei hates cars that's why all of those cars are rotting in a garage oh does his he son that bought all of them oh. his son totally loves him huh yeah that's fascinating i so did that's not know how that th- yeah that, that's how that happened is like the Sultan of Brunei told his son, like, knock it off. You're making us look bad. Because, like, everybody is, like, poor in their country. And he's like, look at my one-off Rolls-Royce pickup no, no, no. truck. Look at my five. Because I had to yeah. get five of them <laughs> for, for AMG. Remember when they made the V12, the uh, the G65 AMG? Yes. Before they put it into production? Yes. They had to buy five yes. to get it made. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that was... Uh, that, the Sultan Brunei actually told him no. So Saddam but Hussein, Saddam Hussein is a was a huge car nerd. Yeah, no, <laughs> he like by choice drove a six hundred gross of okay, like that's pretty cool. Yeah, like he didn't like Did he actually drive it, not ride in it? Well, I mean he rode in it, but he also had like cars that he drove. Like he had okay. a bunch of like he had like Koenig like Mercedes, like wide body huh. cars and stuff. Like, I mean terrible Saddam, person, but that's interesting. Saddam Hussein <laughs> Very fascinating person. He's a total wacko, but like it totally made sense. Also, Vladimir Putin. Really? Yeah. No. He ironically has the Zasferitsia, um nine sixty eight. I assume this entire war is because of spare parts. <laughs> um, because yeah, no. Vladimir the parts Putin, department closed in th- his local th- dealership. This, this also like backs up my claim that. Um, Car people are not inherently good, and for the most part, are not, from well, what I've learned. And that was like the, uh, we talked about this a few months ago, but like the chaotic good mm-hmm. not being good. <laughs> yeah, no, that's an Elon Musk thing. But um, right. th- this is just like, generally, car people, for the most part, like, I mean, I mean, like, a lot of good people in the car world, but for like every, like, if you actually think about it, yeah. how many car people you know... For everyone that you like, you meet like eight that you hate that are terrible. Yeah. And it's not just because they have an, a, like a frustrating car or something. It's not because like, oh, he drives a Mustang. Like, <laughs> no, like the dude's like a QAnon conspiracy theory, like dude, or he's like, I like, like you know, yeah. just like a there's whole, some just like it's like New like, Jersey. Yeah. It's like I just yeah I can't. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> or like maybe like everything's right, but. They're just a very frustrating person but. that like that the, like like they they hunt you down at a car show and they make you sit down and read a brochure for a ninety for an eighties Honda for an hour when you're like trying to just have a beer with your friend. It's just like something like that. There's always something weird. I just don't make eye contact and yes. walk away. So anyway, I'm getting much better at that. Um, but yeah, no, we I, I can do some. <clears throat> some research because i'm sure there are other dictators with fascinating cars i that i'm already blown away by the brunei's son thing yeah so. th- there's a lot of things that i'm like just off the top of my head that i know well i know you're are, well i'm full of our dumb, brains dumb, are not worthless information correct <laughs> but that's why this works okay <laughs> so speaking of well, i guess brazil has a normal president again uh on to group g versus group h yep. Ooh. Two more countries that previously had dictators. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got the Chevrolet Opala. Yes, which is Brazilian. And we have the Hyundai Pony. Which is South Korean. 
both of those countries had dictatorships or a military junta at some point. And these are both shown in the four-door guys, and they were both sold in two-door yes. variants. Oh, man. I'm going to go with the Opala. Hands, hands down. Well, the, the Opala. Opala is rear-wheel drive, so I think the, the Opala reason, wins. Well, the reason I'm going with the Opala is because it had the silly, the absolutely silly uh, stove bolt in it that like made 250 horsepower. Oh, nice. Because I, it was the SS that they put in a 250 horsepower, like overhead valve inline six. I was gonna say like, it must have been a cross flow stove bolt at that point. No, it's a reverse flow. Well, I mean, I know all the early stove bolts were, but like, how are you making 250 horse through a cross flow or a reverse flow? Well, I mean, Dotson does. You can make touche. You can make 250 horsepower on a 280, but yeah, they're um, touche. They're literally just like really, really hotted up uh, stove bolts. They're very, very, very cool. Um, it's such a weird car. I know. I, I really love like it. the SS version. Yeah, it was called the Chevy, the Chevrolet Opala SS, which they had nineteen. They have, they have a picture of one. We, on, yeah. Um, on the Wikipedia. Yeah, well, I'll scroll down. I have previously only shown the Opala SS, but I just clicked the link. There it is, the red one. That's a mod. I know it one. is. They have but... a gray normal one at the bottom. Oh, really? Yeah, keep going. Not all the way at the bottom. Maybe up a little bit. There, right there, gray one. Ah, there we go. That's oh a, yeah. That, that's how they looked from the factory. <clears throat> that's that's great. a bitchin' car. That's got like, oh wow, yeah. It's got economy car wheels with like the body of a '60s muscle car. Yeah, but they're like, if you look like they're styled steel wheels. Oh, I know. But yeah. they like those. Those are a Chevy Celebrity wheel. Like, yeah, that's totally, sure. totally a Chevy Celebrity <laughs> wheel. But they're like, it's a styled steel wheel. This is your new rally wheel. Sculptured style rally wheels. <laughs> Silver alloy it, look. 100% off of a Celebrity. <laughs> Those are 100% stock Celebrity wheels. All right. So, yeah, good. I'm happy that the Chevrolet Opala. So now we're going to move on to the semifinals yeah, next time. Yeah, I want time. a quick look. So it's going to be the DAF Daffodil versus, versus the Renault the, Aventime. It's going to be tough. And then the Pegaso Z102 versus the Opala. Man, um, whatever's gonna win is gonna be a great car. It's going to be an upset <laughs> because none of the normal, like the I know, only, it's completely different. The normal, <laughs> like the only normal country to get into the semifinals, France, is France. <laughs> That's because like, I really love that car. Yeah, and like even then, like, <laughs> like yes, all these countries, Sands, Netherlands, is, are known for making cars, and none mm. of those cars are good. Oh, no, God, no. Yeah, no, they're known for making just heaps of garbage. Yeah, this would be like, it'd be like Suzuki Kazashi versus uh, CrossCab. Like, yeah. Like, uh, there's, I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> what do I do here? <laughs> it's just so wacky. Can we, uh, can we get a second trophy? Yeah. <laughs> that's what's going to turn into. I mean, anybody that's made it this far, they're a real winner. Seriously. So. Like, we, we already, even, like, last round, we're like, I don't want to choose. First couple rounds were just garbage, just pure, pure trash. But yeah, the first couple rounds were really easy because you're like, okay, cool, Katanka <laughs> autos can go away. E- but that's yeah. what I liked about the World Cup of Cars is it's based upon sports, not actually <laughs> the cars. Like, and there's like so many weird countries that just make <laughs> dumb cars. Like I'm really, I hope Mauritania starts making cars. So yeah, we'll, in, we'll include you. Yes, like a Namibia if they make a car with like. There's like I think a million people live in Namibia, and but if like they make a car, that'd be very rad. The caveat being, they do have to be in the World Cup, the yes, actual they do. World. They Cup. have to be an actual World Cup country that also makes cars. I love it so much, and the fact that this episode will publish the day of the Super Bowl, which is like the biggest stupidest sport thing in this. Country. I'm very excited. I get to miss the Super Bowl tomorrow because Jana bought me every year for Valentine's Day. She buys me. Um, Adopt a cockroach at the Bronx Zoo. Oh my god, dude. Because they have Madagascar hissing cockroaches. <laughs> and they put them up for adoption. And they stay at the zoo, but like you can go and meet right. them at the zoo. Okay. Um, and like, I don't live in the Bronx, but what they do is they do a Zoom meeting where they show you um, hissing cockroach, <clears throat> the mom from the new brood, where everybody's new cockroaches are named from. And you get to meet their mom. It's very, very pure. <laughs> so weird. My cockroach's name is Oswald. Okay, why? So, Where did the name come from? I, I, it's whatever name I think is a good cockroach name. Okay. Uh, when but you she says, it. yes, I, okay. I pick it. Okay. Yep. So this year was Oswald, last year was Frank. Um, and there was a Terry. No, Terry was last year. Frank was two years ago. Damn it, Terry. So yeah, no, I've, I've had four in for the last three years of what you name it. And then there's unro- unnamed cockroach number one. 
Um, Did somebody name unnamed no, cockroaches? No, he just doesn't okay. have a name because okay. they started allowing you to name the cockroaches after that. And so when they're oh, all, okay. when they're all born, they announce the, all the cockroaches are born and list all their names. Is this like the star registry? I guess it's better because you can meet it. Yeah, but yeah, you can meet it. Like you can go there and you can see all their hissing cockroaches. How would, okay, so the person that works at the Bronx Zoo, and literally they punch in for the day, they open up a laptop, they open up their email, open up their Google Sheet, and they're literally just scheduled Zoom calls all day it, they, with they cockroaches. Do, no, they, they do a um, one group call. Oh. It's a one big group Zoom call um, where you get to meet their mom. Okay. So, cause the moms so you don't have, meet your cockroach? Because you, they're not born yet. Oh. Yes. I gotcha. And so they, they have enough babies where, I <clears> promise <throat> you, they're unnamed cockroaches. So they have plenty of babies. Okay. But they're very, very cute, actually. They're really big. And, like, they actually, like, respond to pets. They're kind of, like, they're really adorable. Like, they're just hard-shelled cats? Kind of, yeah. Like, they, they will, like, crawl on your hands and, like, you go up to, like, your fingers so you can give them rubs. Hmm. They're really cute. All right. They're very pure animals. I mean, that's honestly, like, one of the least shit ways I've ever heard of just, like, spending a Valentine's Day. So. Yeah. It's very, very good. It's also I'm very I'm pretty over the and meal good. and flowers thing, so. No, it, it's also, you get gifts. So, I have a hat and cockroach socks that I got. So. <laughs> Those just keeps getting. Yeah. So, they give you more like, off gifts. the wall. Yeah. Okay. So, and then you also get um, a little candle. And the candle has a picture of the cockroach. With the name of the cockroach on it. Not your individual cockroach, because they all kind of look identical. Well, and they have to bulk order that crap, so... Yeah, so it's just a picture of a sure. Madagascar hissing cockroach with a, the name... Are those written. endangered, or are they just... They, have they to are, be at yes. the, Okay. And right. that's why in the, the Bronx Zoo has a really good breeding program, so they're okay. actually working to get them off the endangered species list. So it's really helping everyone. Didn't the bald eagle just fall off that list recently? I think so, yeah. yeah um, I mean, I, I see them all the time now, which <clears throat> I'm thrilled about. Me too. So, so much freedom just flying around. Nothing's better than seeing a bald eagle like, just murder the cat of something. Well, it was like the last time I saw one, I was on 494, like driving through Egan, where it goes along like the river. And yeah. There's always bald eagles. Oh yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a, a car passing me in the fast lane. It was like an electric blue CTSV with like small tires in the back, and, like, ah, big, like on huge, welds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like giant rear tires. I'm like, yeah, that's American bald eagle. Woo! Rick Derringer. Like the eagle's literally just sleeping, just peering over the side of the no, the nest in the morning, and he sees that CTSV. He's like, Wah! yeah. He just he the bald eagle is like, like he, do a burnout, pussy. The the bald eagle's flying towards a gun shop, so I imagine he's going to go buy an AR-15. Like he's just doing all the most American things. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's like how Japanese revere the American culture more than how we treat it. So maybe all bald eagles are Japanese. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I think okay. you're right. Because they have a way better way of doing American culture than we do. Yes. Okay. On that ridiculously weird offshoot, uh, I briefly want to talk about Blubsky. Not yes. even a, a this is, regular this topic. This is vaguely American because of the air. Everyone just assumes it's LS swapped. But it's anyway, not. it's you did it much more difficultly. Oh yes, I did it the dumb way. Uh, so the anyway, most expensive to the listeners. Difficult thing oh you could have God. ever done. Thank goodness it's been registered to Scott this entire time. I'm really happy that it, no, it's it, it's a um, oh why so you couldn't sell it? No, because it's an auto. Now oh. it's a manual, so it yes. can be registered. To good, me. that is good. Yes, it's been a long anyway. time. So this car, it's a 1976 W115 240D. So the yes. DOT crash bumper mid E class Mercedes, 2.4 diesel, four speed manual out of the factory. Floor shift manual. Floor so shift. it wasn't even the column shift cool one. Well, the 220s were column, 240s yeah, were Darren floor. Yeah, Darren had a 220. I like that. Yep. But uh, yeah, it was a, the over 30 seconds, 0 to 60 time. Oh, way over. It yeah, would yeah, yeah. go a quarter mile before it hit 60. Correct. We yes. tested that. Yep. And yep. it was a pretty healthy engine there. The OM616 diesel 67 horse was rebuilt in 1990, yep. and it had done almost no miles by the what time. Is it, what is it doing now? It's like powering like a tie, like a tie drag skiff? Maybe. The guy that bought it had a 123 that was pretty clapped, so it might have actually it's gone It's in a 123? That. Yeah. They sold wow. A, well, they sold 123 240s. Same engine. That's incredible. That I, I just, because 123 is so much bigger than that car. Oh, also, yeah, it. It, if you have an auto 123 240D, it is unsafely slow. I That's mean, unbelievable. Yeah. Scott, I almost bought a 78 300D non-turbo auto, and like it, it was unsafe. Like it was so it's, much slower it, than the 240D. It's truly remarkable how much slower um, 
diesel engines were in the 70s and they were in the 90s. Through a non-lockup torque because converter as well. That's really we, the big one. There was a time when we, when we drove the 240D into mm-hmm. cars and coffee. That's when the throttle linkage broke off. I remember that. And the <clears throat> day before that, I was in Anna's 300D W124. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was an OM603 Turbo. That was a good car. Oh, yeah. Those actually weren't that slow. Yours was that slow. And it's... Anna's like, car was a normal car <clears throat> uh-huh. that just, like, rolled coal. And yep. we just... And she had her little red Chairman Mao book on the dashboard. Mm-hmm. It was very humorous. Yeah, the, the 300D124 and my W201 2.5 Turbo were very similar in actual, like, performance just because of the weight difference. Yeah. But, I mean, those are reasonably fast. And the 240D... It's not. No, it was. It took 36 seconds to get to 60. Yep. Um, that, but like, I cannot convey how much faster that was than all 123s have ever driven. That's incredible. Anyway, so in 2009, I have no idea. I'm still trying to remember with Scott how this even came up. But we decided, hey, why not throw a V8 in this car? Yeah. So bought a, a 1989 560 SEL. 560 SEL parts car, which it had was silver and blue. It was two-tone, and it had the worst steering box ever. I drove. I do not know how I made it home. Huh. Like, there was, I would say, a third of the entire lock, left or right, was nothing. So, like, and it would, like, the alignment was so bad that you had to, like, really shuffle back and forth quick to catch it. it oh, had, my God. I got it in January. It had no heat, but the heated seats worked. That's good. Uh, anyway, I stripped all that car down. I did actually... Pull the engine with you and Trig. We were talking yes. about this before the show. And, and I set the V8 in the engine bay. Yes. And I'm like, this should work. And then didn't touch it. Yep. Because we didn't have any money. So in 2014, five years later, this car yep. just been sitting with nothing going on. Dragged it out to um, Stillwater. Because yep. my uncle had just bought a new property. And I'm like, hey, can we use the basement garage just to work on this? And every Sunday morning mm-hmm. for a year and a half, I picked up Scott... In St. Paul, I lived in Plymouth, and we drove out to Stillwater. So it's a 70-mile round trip for oh me every Sunday morning, and we worked on it for one to three hours. And that was it. But it only took six months for me to get the engine in, mounted, transmission in, coolers, everything, get the Megascord in, build a functional EFI system, yeah. get it running, get the, the wheels moving, get it driving. Um, it did have to get trailered for an exhaust anyway here and there, but the car kept blowing up automatic transmissions. Yes, it did. You did, like, three? Uh, it was on, so I, I blew up two, and yep. then the third had a front pump failure, yep. and then the fourth had a bad front third gear clutch drum. So the trans that's in, it's actually transmission number three, which the, with the clutch drum from number four. <laughs> and there's a fifth one downstairs on a pallet that just I was going to put in the car, because like, I thought it was bad. Yeah. The one that I just took out a month and a half ago, I mean, you heard it. Yeah. When you start the engine, it sounded <sighs> poorly. Yes. I mean, I can't even describe the, the metallic, like... Uh. It, it was a rock tumbler. Yeah. It, it, was, it was a trans... It was a... Like, <clears throat> combine a rock tumbler and an automatic transmission. That's what it sounded like. Yeah, it was you, horrible And sounding. you could feel the noise through your feet, so it was very disconcerting. Yes. Um, turns out that uh, you, you're not supposed to reuse those uh, torque converter bolts, so they had backed out slightly. Oh, okay. And that noise we were hearing was actually the flex plate hitting the threads on the bolts. So the okay. trans that I took out was okay. Well, Okay. But anyway, caveat back to 2019, I actually found a company in Slovenia Amazing. that had a Drift W124 with an M119, so the quad cam variant of this engine made yes. 1990 to 1996, and they had the same kit and six-speed transmission behind a twin-turbocharged five-liter drift car. And they hadn't broken a trans yet. So I'm like, okay, well, the M119 and the M117 alloy block cars use the same bolt pattern and crank snout. Okay. So I'm like, all right, I'll buy it. Sat in my living room floor. I'm sure you walked by it many times on Laserdisc nights. And a month and a half ago, the weather started improving to the point where I could start working on this car. So I put it in my way, which is on my lift, my only functional working lift, and put it up in the air, ripped the transmission out, found all those issues. And here we are. So last night, after seven stints working on the car, which isn't too bad, actually. No, it's not bad at all. Um, I drove it last night for the first time with Very six good. forward gears. And uh, boy, howdy, is Do that car reverse? rowdy. Yeah. Good. Yeah. The reverse also works. I, don't know. I, I feel like I like V8s more when they have the fewer number of gears possible. 
It's going to be so nice having overdrive in that car. Yeah, but having a six-speed in that's just fine. I and mean, it's also your car, so you can do what you want. It will be now. Yeah. But, I mean, like, if it was me, I don't know. Like, I like three-speeds. Three Honestly, speed manual will be good. something I was originally planning, I was like, well, the four-speed that I took out of the car, I still have. Yeah. It has a detachable bell housing. So, yeah. like, a bell housing could have been made, and a clutch adapter could be made to make that four-speed go back in the car to be used with the V8. And it would have almost the same ratio spread as the auto that came out of it. So I thought about it, but the, the shifter on that, it was a side loader. So it had those three bars with the plastic bushings. It's just garbage. The shifter from gas this ice, gas ice. Nope. You don't need that. No, it's an 06 C230 compressor trans. I'm very excited for this. And it, the shifter feels amazing. Perfect. So anyway, Blubsky runs and drives, go follow oval O-V-A-L-B-O-R-E on YouTube. If you're curious about that project, but I just thought you guys should all know. That's wonderful news. It's tremendous. Almost as good as cockroaches. Yes. More, more news. Uh, Akio Toyota is stepping on as CEO. Panic! Uh-oh. Does uh, that mean we're not going to have anymore? Koji Sato from GR, Kazoo Racing, is taking over his position. Oh, so that's a good thing then. Calm. But Calm. some worry that Sato-san won't be respected enough due to his age to make the large enough changes that he wants to make. Panic! What does he want to make changes? Uh, he wants to do more Akio Toyota stuff. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, Akio Toyota um, stuff is good stuff. But there's a bunch of old geezers that, are, um, that were passed what? up for promotion. Oh, so they're all bitter? Yeah. So, Japan. Yay. You know, um, you know, a while ago I was talking about how like, Japan is capable of making very good cars, mm-hmm. but like they keep making boring trash? Yeah. It's because of all the people that were just passed up for promotion. Right, but like recent years, all this Akio Toyota stuff has been tremendous. Yes, and great, exactly. But they're not seeing it that way. These are salarymen. These are not people that work within the larger world. These are people that go, I'm older, I should have this position. So are we going to see another regression of Toyota product? I don't know. Well, I mean, Jana has a vanilla as a flavor, like peak regressed Toyota product. Yeah, so I mean, it's Toyota's still reliable. Well, no, but, they're not bad cars. They just weren't interesting. Yeah, I know. That's the same. They're vanilla as a flavor. Which I like. Not as a lack of flavor. It is, this is your vanilla. Enjoy it. This is your MSG vanilla that you get at Bebezito, as opposed to a Bridgman's vanilla. The burger at that place is I've remi- so, so I've, good. This is the thing. It's hit and miss. Yeah, because, well, so was Parlor. But, um, cause like Lorenzo went there and had like the worst experience, worst burger he's ever had. Hmm. And I went there and had a great burger, but then I went there again, had terrible burger. That's why chips is not my number one burger, chips clubhouse, but it is my number one consistent burger. So yeah. if I want to introduce somebody to a tremendous burger and not worry about it, mm-hmm. I don't go to parlor. I don't go to baby Zito. I don't go to Santinet. No. I don't do any of that. I go right to chips. I do, um, the nook because... Matt's does not accept card, and I don't always have cash on me. That is so weird in this day and age. So Are they going to go straight from cash to crypto? Well, this is the thing. is like <laughs> Matt's needs a barrier to entry because mm-hmm. they're already, like, they have a line out the door even being cash only. True. So, yeah, that's the thing with Matt's is Matt's, like, that would be my favorite burger. I, um, if we're talking, like, a thick burger, I agree. No, they're not a thick burger. They're a Juicy Lucy. That's still, like, a thick style burger. No, it's just a burger with cheese on the inside. I understand. However, um, another good go-to, like if my dad's like, I want hamburger, and I'm like, I really don't want a hamburger, but whatever, I guess I'm going to get a hamburger today. Um, <laughs> I actually go to the Bullhorn, the Bull's Horn on 38th in Hiawatha. It's next to Vin Brewing. Okay. It's, I've never been to Vin Brewing. I haven't either. Um, I've driven past it a trillion times. I've never been in. Oh, did you look at that? But, uh, yeah, the Bullshorn is actually, like, really smack. Uh, they have a really, really, really good, like, elevated Big Mac. Hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's my favorite kind of burger. It's not Juicy Lucy's elevated Big Mac. So. 3-2-8 Grill is really good, too, but Cottage Grove is a um, Also, have you been to Joseph's over on uh, Harriet Island? No. All right, you know on, like, Plato and Wabasha, there's this, like, building in a giant, like, Cambria font, bold, red. It says Joseph's, and it just looks like a liminal space. I'm sure I've seen this, but, like... Go inside, and it's absolutely just chock full of boomers. And it's, like, it's literally, it looks like a restaurant from, like, 2002. Oh, uh, yes. 
This all, is my jam. That's peak Avon time. Yeah, their uh, menu is like from 2002. Oh, shit. But they do it so well. It is unbelievably delicious. So, yeah, Joseph's is really, really good, too. I have a huge list of places I've not been yet. There's nothing wrong. I just oh, okay. haven't... Uh, Joseph's is, like, right next to... I'm just um, going to mute that because I never showed the Blubsky video. Oh, yes. Joseph's is right next to... It, it's right by us, actually. It's just off the Wabashaw Bridge. And they have a good burger? Uh, apparently. Yes. No, they do. I did. I had their garlic burger. It was very good. And Jan had their walleye sliders. And their walleye sliders are oh, even better. I do like a walleye. Yeah. Their walleye sliders smack. I was told that uh, Digidio's had a great burger. Digidio's what? Oh, Digidio's? I don't remember. It's right across from Bedweather. Yeah. I don't know how you say it. Like, but like, tons of people said, like, oh, di- what, how do I'm, you say I, it? Digidio's? Digidio's? Yeah. Very mediocre. Really? Yeah. yeah. I would never get a hamburger from there. No, no. I get the pasta. Yeah. Because it's an Italian restaurant. I understand that. It's like a good Maggiano's. It's I, like Maggiano's in portions and everything. And I know. I fries, went there. But co- the food's actually good. But yeah, why? why the, it's it like was, going to. It's it like, was recommended. It's like going to a Chinese restaurant and ordering the cheeseburger. Oh, God. That burger's there for your unadventurous parents, <laughs> for them to suffer through it. I do feel dumb ordering burgers at restaurants sometimes, but it's also like a litmus a lot of times. Like, I, if you can do this well, but not in a restaurant that's some other type of food. The, yeah, you don't go to Italian restaurants, go to Chinese. Correct. You don't go to Chinese restaurants for a hamburger. Like. It's like going to a Mexican restaurant and asking for pho. <laughs> Although I bet that would be It'd probably be really dope. It's called Pozole. It's oh, really yeah. good. <laughs> but, I mean, like asking for a Vietnamese-style pho at a Mexican restaurant, like, obviously, that's not going to be their You're going to have your heart broken. Yeah. Like, what? Okay. Of course, it's going to be a bad burger. Anyway, <laughs> I'm upset. Move on. All right. All right. All right. All right. Since I'm on the topic, i got to go yes. back to the notes here. Okay. Okay. Oh, here we go. Um, so in recent years, I mean the the divergent gap in value between like an F1 Ferrari and a six speed Ferrari is incredible. Has widened, and yeah. I mean really Good. widened, as it should be, because the F1 cars are garbage. Uh, yet yeah, no, and they should be. I I feel like it's literally not worth buying the you, car. If you buy an F an automatic Ferrari, yeah. You deserve all of your depreciation, and you deserve all the shade in the world that comes towards and you, and all of the unreliability that comes with it. The thing is. Like, you're already buying a Ferrari because you're an ass. Um, sorry, I'm going to go ahead and say that. No, that's that fine. People that are buying a Ferrari are buying it because they're an ass. I am an ass. Yeah, you are. That's yep. true. And yep. you fit the Ferrari, like, book. However, you're self-aware of this. I also don't drive uh, the car. Other Ferrari owners are not self-aware. That's the difference. Have you seen my shoes? Yes. There's <laughs> a difference between you who go, yep, I understand how I am. And you take steps to mitigate that, because I do that. I know I'm an ass, and I take steps to mitigate my assness. Um, But it's also nice when you drive the car like an ass. You're like, yeah, that's just the people are expecting that. And so, yeah, exactly. So if you're a Ferrari owner who is an ass, and you are getting an automatic one on top of that because you're an ass. A tasteless ass. A tasteless ass. You absolutely deserve all, all of the the depreciation in the world, all of the negative stigma. And the bills. Yeah, all of the bills. You deserve all of that. Anyway, in recent years, it has now become financially viable and some would say responsible it is. to manual swap an F1 car because it is significantly cheaper than buying one. And it'll increase the value of the vehicle. Way more. more. than the swap itself. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. like, it, you won't get, like, original manual money just, like, no. ever. But, like, you'll get a good chunk of that back. You're going to go from having a, let's say a uh, car is $100,000 for manual. Um, an automatic will be a $40,000 car. Yep. And a manual swapped one would probably be twenty grand to swap, and it'll be a seventy-five thousand dollars. Exactly, eighty thousand. Yeah. You yeah. get it's just like in the yeah. BMW world. Like you, you'll get most of the way there, but yeah. you'll also have the same driving experience. You're also going to profit. Correct. Yes. And that's probably what these people are thinking about. But uh, like four uh, thirties and three sixties have been very, very common for this in the last several years because the parts were still available from Ferrari, so you could get an all-original parts build, you get a gauge cluster, shift linkage, shifter, also, all that Also, when you're kind doing that, you have to take all that shit out of the car, and that means it's time to do a like, timing belt and water pump and all the stuff that makes a Ferrari un- un- unpalatable. In a 360, yeah. 430s are chain. They're actually pretty okay. But... Yeah. I would take a 360 over a 430. I would not. I, ha- I can't stand how the 360 looks. I hate the 360. Don't get me wrong. It's a bad car, but I also really hate the 430. Oh, yeah. I, I actually... 
progressively hate Ferraris more. The 430 doesn't sound good. Every year after the 512 TR front end switch on the <laughs> Testarossa, every year like 90, after that, every year after that, Ferrari's gotten worse in every way. I disagree in one case, and that was the 458. Because that car looked good again, finally. But it was auto only. Oh, However, it was getting worse. Wait, so you can get a manual 458 now? One person in one shop in Florida. So I was going to say all the 360s and 430s and even 1599, that was all done by a shop called uh, Euro Auto down in Texas. However, yes. there's a shop in Florida now, which is in my notes, but I don't have that up right now. Uh, Modifica in okay, Florida. Perfect. They put 430 trans guts in a 458. Modi Yeah, whatever. That one. Modi. That, Modi the shop. That is, all right, I can get behind that. Because the 458 and the 430 is the same block. Yep, and it's that an F134B. Also, I can still stand by my statement that every year Ferrari has gotten worse since the 512TR. Yep. Because this is not Ferrari making it better. This no. is somebody else working fixing around the it. problem. Yeah, fixing it. Could you get an FF? Rear wheel drive only with a manual transmission. Of course, that would be the one I, I want. agree. I really like the FF. That's still like the same engine that started in the 456. Yep. So like, I, want, I would I would probably do that. Get, you couldn't do all wheel drive anymore, but no, fuck that. I don't care. Their all wheel drive system is <clears throat> terrible. Trust me, Ryan. I've thought about this. I'm like, if I had money, I would buy an FF. You know, when Mondials are now mm. unaffordable, um, an FF manual rear wheel drive swapped. Now, that's a car. If either of the transmissions have failed, I'll get a deal on it. And yeah. they probably will have. Guaranteed. Even then, you, you will always get a deal on it. Because it's an FF. They're worth nothing. Correct. But and like, they're all silver. You get a silver FF oh, with a good interior color, you're golden. I love how the FF looks. It's a great-looking car. And I'm okay getting it in silver because it's such a terrible vehicle. It's going to be a winter beater. Yeah, no, Put it's it it's an objectively terrible be- vehicle. Get it in a terrible color, whatever. Because they had so many good colors, it's hard to get a bad color in an FF. I've like the only, the worst color you can get is black, and that still looks really good. Yeah, that still looks great. The but shooting like, brake, I love it. <sighs> no, nope, I'm here for it. Also, I'm, I recently learned where the term shooting brake came from. I'm like, oh, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, like, it's for, it's a hunting thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just like, perfect. I got it. But anyway, somebody has fixed a 458. Hopefully, they keep doing those. Brilliant. I'm very, very excited about that. So, Hun- Honda and Sony. <laughs> Honda? Honda. I was Hyundai? about to say Hyundai. But Honda, because I'm so used to only having bad news about Honda. That's why I think it is so amazing. Um, <laughs> Honda and Sony are partnering, and uh, I am a feeling it. <laughs> It's funny because they're calling the partnership a fila. It's punny, Ryan. Anyway. Um, It looks like a small lucid air. And it is, in fact, a sedan. Good. Has the correct number of doors. Is Is it rear-wheel drive? I don't know. I I guess I didn't care enough. Okay. Um, Let's briefly scroll through. Oh, there's literally no info on it. Nope. It is a not not truck. That is true. And that is important. That That is is a a non-truck. Um. A four-door sedan is a good form factor. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we don't know anything about it yet, it looks like. Let's see here. Right, um, motor. Oh, that's where I put that. Okay. But, yeah, so this is good. And, actually, this is going to segue into something I was going to talk about next episode, but it's just a very short little blurb about VinFast. Okay. And a lot of people, uh, namely Piss Jugs, who doesn't know how to think uh, clearly. I do remember seeing that reply recently. Oh, <laughs> man. I had a whole conversation with him, and somebody else asked me why I actually like VinFast. And I said, I will tell you. I just didn't want to tell Piss Jugs, because fuck <laughs> that guy. He isn't worth my time. Um, but so, basically, this is why I like VinFast. Because VinFast and a few are going to be the absolute opposites of the spectrum. VinFast is going to be objectively garbage. Um <laughs> My TLDR is that it's not specifically the VF7 or the VF8 that I'm excited for. It's the fact that we have a new manufacturer entering the American market. And we need to shake up our market, and we need more variety. Are you reading from your reply right now? Almost word for okay, word. Okay, cool. I'm using it for notes. Uh, this, however, will be wor- uh, read word for word. Uh, Mitsubishi Mirage aside, we don't have any genuinely shit cars in America. Fact. Like, we just don't. Yeah, anymore. we've gotten rid of most of them. Yeah, like, even the Mirage is going away this year. Not such a good car, though. I know. It's because we need a stinky bottom-of-the-barrel car. And, like, 
the Versa is bad, but it's not bottom of the barrel bad. The Versa is just very, like, it is peak meh for compact car. Um, and that's exactly what we have, is, like, if you think about it, we have pretty much any Ford or GM CUV, the existence of the Mitsubishi brand, but, like, we don't have, like, a Dacia Sandero. We don't have a lot of Samara here. We don't have, like, Projuas. Yeah, we don't have any Projuas at all. We have no Chinese cars. There's no garbage here. That and has to be coming. I think what's, like, interesting is the American buyer, like, if you bought a car and you're not, you've never left America, like, which most Americans haven't. And you've They've never, never even left the United States. That's what I mean. Like, if you've not left the United States of America and you've not, like, looked at cars outside of the American market, you would think the bottom of the barrel for the existence of car ownership is, like, a base model Rio. Right, which is, like, royalty in a lot of other places of the world. Yeah, like, that's a base model Rio is literally what Taliban, like, leaders drive in because it's actually not bottom of the barrel. Um, I watched a film i don't know what series i think it was the born trilogy or something like that but like they went to a country where cars didn't exist and the roads were dirt and somebody had like a really well washed hyundai sonata like a 99 sonata and that was like the creme de la creme yeah like that's the thing is like there's a lot of places in the world where like you know your average hyundai is a very good car because if you think about it like you have air conditioning you have windows at work, you have power windows, mm-hmm. like you have seats. Mm-hmm. This is good. All yeah. the windows are intact. <laughs> like it, it has four wheel brakes and it has tires on every wheel. Like and a heater. These are, and a heater. Like these are cool. You now have a functioning vehicle. We take it a lot for granted. Yes. Um, and that's the thing is like we don't have, uh, I feel like our market feels that, that we don't have a really terrible vehicle because like we don't have a counter to the GR Corolla or the Hyundai inline. And that's very important because that helps us better appreciate them. Yeah. Like, let's... Bring back the Yugo. Well, this is something. I was like, think of your favorite Mexican restaurant or taco truck. All right. Would you have the same appreciation of that restaurant if the Del Taco didn't exist? Or if you really don't like Taco Bell, Taco Bell didn't exist? Probably not. But I like, Adimos is like completely different foods like that's the thing is like you still have burrito in hand burrito is terrible this is bad burrito you know what bad taco i like that you cut all the unnecessary words yeah like you this this is bad burrito it's good at copy that's what i'm talking this bad burrito (laughs) this bad burrito you know like bad burrito you know like bad bad burrito you want good burrito good burrito good place good quality and so or here's an example imagine if the only hamburger you'd ever had was parlor okay and you'd never gone to Applebee's for a hamburger. Okay, yeah. That's what I mean. you just be jaded. You don't know what a... Yeah, it's exactly who ours. We are, we are a jaded market. And we need a wake-up call. And that's what I'm here for. Is like, we need, like, cursed shit like VinFast. That's why I love Blubsky, because it is, like, awful. Yeah. And it makes me appreciate how good the rest of my cars are. Like, failures of technology, touchscreen nightmare problems. I mean, the world is your oyster, for a stinker like this. Like, you're going to have every sort of problem. Like, the boy, she's a stinker. Yeah, like every, every problem in the world that you're going to have. And also, think about so this. Hunt, the Elantra Inn came from Hyundai. If you told me... Also, that can the, we talk about how good of a car that is? Yes, Because that is a exactly. good car. Now, There's one that parks by the 30 years shop. ago, yeah. you had a Hyundai Excel. Oh, yeah. Now, you had a Hyundai Excel, and then you... If you were driving a Hyundai Excel in, like, 1993... And a Civic from 1993 pulled up next to you. And somebody from the future just comes out of a bubble and says, Hey, that Hyundai's going to be better than that Civic one day. Yep. You are not going to believe them. Nope. Nope. And you know what? Think about this. In 1956, uh, Toyota brought the the crown here. The original crown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which had Babbitt bearings and a four-cylinder. Wasn't that garbage? And... It, it was a very lovely car, but it was objectively unreliable because okay. it had Babbitt bearings, which is terrible. Yep. Um, <laughs> kind of out of the time for 50s. Yes. Yeah. And it had Babbitt bearings. Just, oh, my God. <laughs> I, cannot, I, I cannot stress the fact, if you don't know what a Babbitt bearing is, you need to look this up. You do. Basically, um, you have to pour this lead-like material in a cast into the block and the cap. Yep. And it, you have to replace half the engine every time you do that. Yep. Which you have to do a lot. Yes. And then also the engine, 
uh, had like 65 horsepower and weighed as much as a Tri-5 Chevy. Beauty. Yeah. And so Americans like, you, love that. You'd be like bouncing it off of rev, or like you'd be eating valve flow because there wasn't rev. Which is good for the bearings. Great for the bearings. Super be, good like, for the over rev. Um, did it have a pressurized oil system? Better didn't. I don't have no probably idea. Probably had scoopers. Just, yeah, probably had a scooper. Yeah. So like. Slingers. Now, and then you tell me, okay, cool. 30 years after this, you're going to have the A86. Or 20 years. Even, no, 15 50, years after that, you got the 2000 60, GT. 70, 80. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm just looking at like. The, this is the thing is. Just because VinFast, nobody's ever come to the U.S. market with a good offering off the bat. True. I've yet to think of a single company. I cannot think of a single company that made a good car off the bat. Ferrari made the 144, which is terrible. Yeah, it was good, and it was a race car, but it was objectively a terrible car compared to, like, a 250. The Le Car was good. That was not Renault's entry to the market, though. I thought it was. No, they had cars, like, earlier. Like, really? You had a Renault 14 in America. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, Renault had been here since the dawn of cars. Well, that's why it was bad. That's why I don't know about it. (laughs) Yeah. So, but like all these cars, like all these post-war manufacturers, like you, if you get into like a '50s Beetle, they are terrible. Like a split-window Beetle, we think they're cool because they look cool, but a split-window Beetle, and I drive that and look at the cars, look at the cars at Back to the '50s, and that's what's running into you, and you're in a split-window Beetle. You're gonna, you will actually die. Look at like the Subaru 360. Like oh, yeah. every manufacturer that comes to America that is not like literally America, they come here offering stuff that was for their market. That's how you get an MGTD and a TF. Which are, you look at that compared to our Corvette, and it's like two different worlds. Um, yeah, this is the thing is correct. Give Vinfast ten to fifteen years, well, and Vinfast will be knocking out of the park. Well, so. yeah, probably. I mean, look at Chinese cars. The Top Gear Special from 2008 were like, yeah. look at this four-year gap in time. Where will they be in 10 years? And, like, now and they're, now they're, they're making, on top of the world. They're making world-beating stuff. I'm like, yeah. a, like a Polestar. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so that, this is the thing. Like, <clears throat> VinFest, I'm all for them coming here. So, But that's the thing. Is I, I think it's... There's a, I just wanted to talk about like why I'm a VinFast apologist, because I, they will get good. <laughs> I Guaranteed. Was never even going to ask the question because I just assume you had an answer. I did have an answer, yes. And that uh, when, Han- when Honda and Sony have like their feel coming, I'm like, cool, that's good. But that just reminds me more of how shit VinFast is going to be. And you're going to have VinFast and Afila coming out at the same time. And I-, I feel like it's going to be very good for the EV market. Is VinFast going to be better or worse than your pun? Probably worse. It wow. has to be worse. That is because really... I was watching Vietnamese reviews of them and the cars were just like turning off. <laughs> In oh, the, the road. They have a lead acid startup battery. Volkswagen, then okay. Yeah, and the lead acid battery just dies. Right. And then so it then can't start off the DC DC converter. Yeah, it can't just like start off the normal battery. So that's like the first gen hybrid synergy drive. Yeah. Or even though your nickel metal hydride high volt pack is fine and charged, yeah. if the twelve volt goes dead, it's a brick. Yep. Great. It's literally like that. Even though it doesn't have a 12-volt starter, yes. and it can only start the gasoline engine with the high-voltage system. Yeah. And so oh. the um, <laughs> with, with like VinFast, all of the interior electronics run through the lead-acid battery that for some reason exists. <laughs> it's we just incredible. We have gotten to the point now <laughs> where we don't need to do that. Yeah, no, you really don't need to. They're choosing to do this. So yeah. I, there's just like hilarious things about Venfast. Like this is an, an amazing vehicle. So anyway, I just wanted to talk about that and compare that to Afila, which we know Afila is gonna be great. Like there's no way Afila is gonna be bad. The the worst thing that Afila is gonna be is a Lexus ES. Mm-hmm. The best thing it's gonna be is to be a model a model S beater. Like it's gonna be somewhere between those two. Yeah, you're gonna be fine. You're not gonna get a bad. As long car. as they have a rear wheel driver. The last time Sony partnered with somebody, you got the GTR. Yeah, no, it'll be fine. It's going to be great. It'll be fine. So, and the GTR is the best thing in the world when you're in high school. And when happened. VinFast does finally come to this country, you know people are going to have 84-month loans on them. Oh, yeah, by the way, <sighs> that was true. my really yes. feeble attempt at a segue. But no, that's a that's I a thing. saw this article, and it was just comforting in a way to see society crumbling. Because I remember not long ago, we've now been doing this, sh- this, this show, this podcast long enough, where an, the thought of an 80-month loan on a new vehicle was mind-blowingly just terrible. And now, more than one in five loans issued in this Seven country years. is more than that. It is 84. 
84 months. No, that's what 84 months is. Seven oh, years. sorry. I thought you were talking about the No, 80. I had to do the, ma- the okay. math on what that... Yep. All right, so <clears throat> the Fiat, I put a 72 on it because okay. I just I need to hit a payment because I want to, like, if I have, like, a bad month, I don't want to, like, be, like, scrounging for, like, coins. Like, so also, I, that I car was, will last seven years, so Yeah, like, good. I want the, the absolute lowest minimum payment. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, it is, That's why we like, do 30-year mortgages when we can afford 15s. Exactly. Like, it, like interest aside, I'm going to be upside down on this car. You I did it for it the right as, reasons. I want I want to be as comfortable as possible, but like ooh, I, have, I don't I don't know if I've if I have seven years of my life in me to own a GMC Acadia. Do you know how quickly people get bored of their cars and get the itch? It's like it's a three to five year cycle for most people. And you know what? Loans for autos used to be three to five years. I wonder why those coincide. So the average human these days looks to be about like eighty two. Usually, okay. This is one eleventh of your life mm-hmm. that that you are spending paying off a GMC. Acadia. This is more than a quarter of the time you would spend paying off a house mortgage. That's insane. More than a quarter. It, all all of that for a Chevy Equinox, which is going to have timing chain failure four and a quarter years in. Yeah, and, and it's going to be sitting under a tarp while you make payments on it, and you drive a five hundred dollar. What I'm wondering Civic. is. A, when it, there's going to be a period, I, this is actually going to happen in real life, where cars warranties lapse before they're paid off. Oh, yeah, that's already very much happening. Yeah, because like my aftermarket warranties, like if it hasn't lapsed already on the Fiat, it's going to lapse. Like, it's a Fiat, it'll be fine. Yeah, it's not going to be a problem. <laughs> but like I always, I, you know, if I'm actually making a payment on a car, I want right. to make sure that like I'm not going to have like, a transmission blow up on me and ruin my whole fucking life. And that's what I was just like getting at. I'm like, you see, and it's getting more common. You'll, you'll see like 2016, 2017, just kind of like vanilla paste cars that are in good physical condition that are being sold for parts because, and they have a lean still. Yeah. Like this, this car has had an engine failure, a transmission failure, and it just doesn't make, like it would be a total loss at that point. But they don't carry comprehensive. They don't carry any of this other stuff. They can't do anything about it. And they're still tethered to this giant weight as they're sinking underwater. You know what I think is going to have to happen is manufacturers are going to have to start doing unlimited mileage warranties. Because we're already seeing a few of them. Like, I think Mitsubishi has some. But like, there's going to have to be unlimited mileage powertrain warranties. I think that's a good idea because it's not that hard to make your car last that long. You just have to push maintenance, and if people don't follow the maintenance schedule, you void the warranty. Yeah. And that's what they're going to do, is they're going to make, like, they're, they're going to make you do a 15,000-mile oil change interval to make sure it lasts exactly eleven year, or seven years. And if you are 15,001 miles on your oil change interval... Or use the wrong oil. Or... Yeah, then your, war- your warranty's voided. Like, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that, that's very, very cursed. Wow. Holy, it, we live in hell. 84 months. I, yep. I, I, we live in hell. And, and it's not people thinking like you do. Like, I, I just want a low payment, and I usually put more than that towards it every month because usually I can afford more. These people are like, well, I really want that trim level or that vehicle. Oh, yeah. And, like, how can we make this, this work? Like, well, we can get your payment to that, but it's going to be, you know, seven. No, there, there, was, there was a lady with the, the 300C that was stuck in the snowbank. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, that's your 84-month loan person. Yep. <clears throat> like, that, that gigantic sack of shit. And she's, what, six months into the seven-year loan, and the thing's already God. almost sliding into a curb and getting no, totaled? No, it's already, it's got, I'm, I, when I was in that car, I heard timing chance that had no brakes, and then the tire had come off the wheel. Like, she's not going anywhere in that. <laughs> like, the brakes were, the brakes were so bad that I could not stop the tires from spinning to rock the car back and forth. I had to use, like, I, I could not do that. I couldn't even use a transmission, because I couldn't even get, like, the RPM down below f- like a thousand RPM, where I feel comfortable, you know, popping into neutral, right, and letting it die down and going to reverse. Like it was that bad. And we're on the road with these folks. Why do we not have maintenance requirements? Like holy fuck! Like it, 
I mean, in high school, I'm like, oh, I love not having whatever inspections. I'm like, no, we, we... No, you need those. We really should. There's a lot of idiots in the world. Fuck that. Like, I see this lady, dri- I, I see this lady get in her car, and if I'm going out in my car, I wait till she drives away. <laughs> I go find. I, I go fuck around in my front yard. <laughs> Before you find out. Yeah. No, I, I'm like, okay, I guess I need to, like, salt my plants or something. I don't know. Like... <laughs> That's a thing people do. No, they obviously don't salt their plants <laughs> like that. I'm just sitting here thinking so like, if I see you salting a plant, I know something's going. Uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm sitting here going like, okay, I've now salted my sidewalk and I've cleared all the snow, and this lady's still fucking around in her car. I can't get it on the street yet because I don't want to die. Because I know she doesn't have insurance to pay for me, so it's on me if I get hit by her. I feel like this is. We live in the capital of salt. We do, and like this is just as bad as like our medical system too, but. The only positive I can think of with this is you see those cars and you know they, by law, have to have full coverage on them. So when you get hit by one of these idiots that has timing chain rattle and I almost and got titles, today on the way here by some bitch in a fucking uh, Sportage. Sportage, really? Yeah, well, she it was like coming from Taco Bell, like back onto the highway. She locks up her fucking brakes because there's a car on the other side of the intersection in the slow lane coming at us. I'm like, you have a gas pedal. Stop on it. Give me some Fuck. intended <laughs> acceleration, please. Do something, because now I'm stuck here, like, in the, what, like, now I'm on top of this wall of traffic in my tiny little car, and I'm like, this should not be a problem for me. But here we are. And there's a person behind me, so I can't just, like get speed and that traffic's like 55 miles an hour i'm zero i could be in a corvette and i'd solve a problem because mm-hmm. nothing's gonna go zero to 30 in like well, instantly you gotta get a plaid for that but and no then, one wants to just yeah. daily drive a plaid except for mark no exactly you gotta put you gotta put Got little, little tennis balls on the end of the yoke that uh that car rearranges internals all right <laughs> so we're gonna have one more quick topic uh yep. and then we will uh Joining next time, our last topic will be uh, Jeremy Clarkson did it again. Oh my god! And the trio are once again likely unemployed. Well, so have Hammond and May said anything about this yet? Um, because they're they, staying very quiet. Here. They're not dependent on his Clarkson's farm show. They have no. their own shows. Yeah, they are. But like Grand Tour is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. They've they've tethered themselves financially I'm... to this baboon. I'm pretty. I'm pretty okay at this point if Grand Tour goes away. Yeah, it's barely a show, but like it's visually very impressive. Yeah, it has replay value. But Great. Like Clarkson's Farm was better. Literally every movie that's ever come out of Bollywood has is visually impressive. Like you, it's so easy to be visually impressive. Like if you if you look at like I remember film class and I don't remember being that impressed with Bollywood. Well, in the last like twenty years. Okay. Yeah. Like that, that dates me right yeah. there. <clears throat> like. I'm a relic. If you, if you watch, like Nigerian movies today, yeah, their film quality is better than the average action movie from the '90s. I, oh, I absolutely believe that. You watch, you go to a high school now and you watch video yeah, projects, exactly. and their video so quality is like, probably better. Any, than... Anything can be visually impressive, so it's fine. Um, anyway, tell me about what Clarkson did. Sorry. So yeah. So what? Uh, oh boy. Has he had I'm another not, fracas? No, he didn't have a fracas. <laughs> He was extremely racist. Yeah, I didn't read the column. Meghan though. Markle, like it was really, really cursed, and like um, he had some defense of himself or something. I don't know, but uh, <clears throat> basically, somebody didn't stop him from being himself, and he said something extremely cursed. Well, he still maintains a column in the Daily Telegraph. Or Not something. anymore. Oh, he maintained up yeah. until that point a column. Yeah, he does not Which work. Which has caused with... him nothing but problems, frankly. Yep, and he no longer works at the Telegraph. I'm shocked. Shocking, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it, it was it was very, very, very poorly. I'm going to see if... Um... Just, at what point do you realize you need to shut the hell up? <sighs> you don't, apparently. Okay. I'm, I'm wondering, in my lifetime, what that will be for me. The thing that ultimately drives me into the ground because i'm sure everyone becomes you know a, a product of their okay. own decades so it looks like uh jeremy clarkson uh three days ago mm, okay um has that would have been what february uh, 8th? he's he, uh, he, they're, they're they're no longer 
ah, talking between to each other. I oh, think the trail. Okay. The, yeah, because well, Jeremy Clarkson uh, hits out at James May over support of lefty speed limits because there's a 20 mile an hour speed limit in the city of London now. Okay. Uh, also, a who the fuck cares about speed limit? And it's also city center where you can't go faster. B. Okay, go quickly there. What's going to happen? Literally nothing good. Or what are you going to do? Are, are people going to be like... There's too much traffic. Yeah, like, sorry, like, that's just ridiculous. Um, Which means you can go 30 when the, the area allows, but, like, it doesn't. Driving through London is a nightmare. Yeah. No, it's... It, it, driving in downtown Minneapolis... You, you can be a than, nightmare. You also don't go more than 20 unless you need to like, get in front of somebody. Yeah, like I don't go that quickly. Um, oh, man. Downtown areas, they just you don't need to go that fast. That's, they're close together. That's, like, they're walkable. When you're driving, you're going faster than walking speed. Yeah. You're doing fine. And so let's see what Hammond. Um, Hamsta. Ooh, I get to work on the GLS tomorrow. Oh, I like doing that. All the air. I told you about the air suspension failing again, right? Again? Oh yeah, yeah. We were driving back from up north, and I'm like, "Wow, this feels awfully bumpy." On 35, pull off at a rest stop. All four corners down on the bump stops. I'm like, "Well, it looks pretty cool, but uh, we need to ditch this thing." Yeah, you do. Because we've now had. I put new front bags in it last year. They emergency had to put two rear bags in it in Florida. It has a new valve solenoid block. And it's still doing this shit. Um, Hammond has not said anything about the Clarkson thing. He did call Clarkson stupid yesterday. Um, Okay. But he said Clarkson's done many dumb things uh, in his life, such as taking a chance on me at the beginning of my career. Oh, that's kind of downplaying it then. Yeah, I mean, it is, but like... Anyway. I see where Hammond has a problem, because he has to bite the hand that feeds in the hand... Is the most cursed the hand. hand. The hand is like the worst possible hand to have. Like, I don't know. My hands I, are pretty I'm, gross. I'm very happy that I'm not Richard Hammond. Correct. Well, there's many things that I Dick Hammond. There's many things I don't want in my life, and among the top of those are to be Richard Hammond. Because like James May was an established person. Hammond got his career well, from from Clarkson. No, I mean, but no. he was he was he was a daytime like television personality. No, he'd also been an automotive journalist. Like he's a successful automotive journalist sure. prior to that. So, like he had a career. Yeah, and then he just got blown up like bigger than he ever thought he would. Tooth so. whitening commercials. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm with uh, May on this one. I think May's so too. Also my favorite. I'm happy that uh, the season of Clarkson's Farm that was recorded before this is airing now. Yes. So I get to watch that. But like, if that doesn't come back and Grand Tour is done, fine. I don't care. I'd rather watch Our Man in Blank. And it's yeah. just James May traveling the world. I love that. Those are entertaining. I love the one in Italy so much. I haven't watched Italy yet. But oh, I, I got through Japan, and Japan was brilliant. That one's also really good. You're going to love Italy. Very good. I'm, I'm quite excited. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.